0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Raul Manaligad, President and CEO at DBP Service Corporation, a business process outsourcing company. Combining practice and academic principles, Raul mentors and trains young professionals on the job through graduate courses and training programs. For over seven years, he's managed the overall operations and resources of the company, consisting of 12,000 employees. I've asked him to join us here today to share his personal journey, as well as share his insights on building teams who can get the job done. So, Raul, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine. I'm good, uh, Daryl, and uh, things are uh, moving fast enough these past uh, weeks and uh, months, actually. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Now, before we get into all the business stuff, I always like to know about like, how did you even get into the business world? And that, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? How did you learn the skills that you've got? What where, how did you get started? Did you have a, a paper route or something or a lemonade stand as a kid?
1: Actually, I've been into a lot of stuff, you no, know, in the past. Meaning, I I ran organizations in terms of I I ran schools. Collegiate level, tertiary schools, secondary schools. I also ran non-government organizations. I also ran people's organizations in the past. I ran a scientific institution. I was a professor for almost 20 years in the graduate school. Then, of course, you no. Know, among others, you no. Know, we have been into one of the one of the things that I may want to share, and this has been. My forte in in mentoring and teaching would be on the field, in the field of HR. That's the reason why, likewise, the reason why I was brought in this company is because of my extensive background in human resource management for a fact that our industries like ours are heavy on people management.
0: Right. uh, Uh, Yeah. So how did you even get into, like, where did, did you go to school for this? Were your parents involved in business too, managing businesses?
1: Yeah. My, my dad was uh, the chairman of this company and the president for the longest time. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: he was instrumental in building this company. And he was among the founders, as a matter of fact. And he uh, continued on the legacy of providing quality services. So he pulled me out of the academy. I was running a a scientific institution beforehand. I was into consultancy, in the consultancy business. Then suddenly he told me, you might as well join me and work your way out. So I started as uh, the first senior vice president, then the executive vice president, then the senior executive vice president, then eventually the president of the company. So it was my dad, more or less, who brought me in. And my dad has been in the banking industry for almost 30 years. And this company has been in existence for 36 years now.
0: Yeah. Wow. Got it. Got it. And what about your mom? Was she, was she in, did she help at all with you in my, your career? My mom was into home management. No?
1: She's, a grad, she's a graduate of home economics. So all throughout her life, she managed our home, no? She she made sure that uh, everyone is okay, that uh, she, uh, the, the house is moving as uh, as expected, you know, that we are brought up uh, the way uh, they want us to be. You know, and uh, she was very successful in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They say behind every great man is a woman.
1: <laughs> Precisely, Darren. <laughs> I don't so, argue with that. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like. That's a bit of a, a bit of pressure for you. Obviously your dad's a big name and you're trying to come out and do your own thing in your shadow. So can you walk us through your career a little bit before you came into this company, the early days, some of the skills that you developed, you mentioned you were working with a scientific institution. What, why, what was the, what got you is very different than banking. What got you interested in that?
1: Yeah. I started in the banking industry right after college. Okay. I started in the banking industry, and then, uh, then after that, I entered the seminary, and then I was formed in such a way that I, I need to deal with people. No? Mm-hmm. It's people management no? for a while. Then, after my seminary formation, then I started being a school director. A school director. Then, after the school being a school director, I, I I manage a non-government organization, a parish-based organization. Then, after which I went for another schooling. Uh, by the way, I, I finished master. I finished my my bachelor of arts in economics mm-hmm. beforehand, and took my MBA before I entered the seminary. Then, after leaving the non-government organizational. Set up. I again went back to school. No, I took my master's uh, degree in another master's degree in this time in uh, at the Asian Institute of Management. Okay, then after which you no, know, I wanted to make a dent in the same thing as uh, the environment, particularly. So I got myself into running the Manila Observatory at the Ateneo de Manila University. Okay, so. We started. We started eventually setting up the climate change center for Asia in the Pacific, wow. and that was the time when you know, I got involved with science among others. No? Then, after which, for I think uh, after almost two decades of working with a research institution, uh, I started up my own consultancy business. No? working with different organizations you know, in different areas, different fields and in industries, you know? while at the same time I was teaching mentoring in the graduate school, you know? teaching my MBA and human resource management. You know? while, and I juggled my, my, my things out you know? because at the same time I was also taking up my PhD, my doctorate degree, mm. uh, while teaching and working you know, as a consultant. What's Until your again, PhD in? That's in uh, public management. Public, public management. management.
0: Yep. Got yeah. It. Public management. Yeah. Wow. So you you're highly specialized for the role that you're in right now. That sounds fantastic. Now it sounds so simple and easy and straightforward as you explain it now, but I imagine there were some challenges in there. What were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face in your career?
1: It's change management, basically, though, no? because you. Uh, I normally have been brought in to to be a troubleshooter in particular. When you talk about troubleshooting, no, there are certain problems, challenges you're faced with. No, And so people, management wanted me to make certain changes no? and it's not going to happen no? in just one click No, right. and you have to deal with the people to get to know other concerns as well no? before changes happen and it's a process so to speak no? before things can happen no? so, so that's the major challenge there no? if people if management wants me to make a difference wants me to institute changes then they it has to go through the process no? mm. uh, and the process can be tedious no? number one the second challenge is with regard to sustainability how are we going to sustain whatever we have gained fortunately we were able to institute certain changes we were able to set up systems new systems new processes new policies so to speak but then are they sustainable will they be sustainable in the long run because if it's going to be on a short-term basis then all your efforts would so that's the second challenge. No? So even after my term, how are we going to sustain the gains of, of uh, that we have done, no, that we have produced in the past three years? Yeah. And then lastly, the challenge would be at the end of the day, how will I be able to collect all the issues, concerns, the strategies that made that, that work and did not work? Yeah. i can emphasize all this you know, and at the same time do some mentoring okay do some analysis and uh, and that's the reason why i am in the academy as well no continuously right. teaching yeah young so you, you're talking
0: a bit about like program evaluation right is that it's similar is that yeah, yeah, yeah. that's excellent now for people that are listening a lot of the people here they're small and medium-sized business owners what would you recommend to someone who's starting out and maybe struggling with people and processes in their business? Maybe they've got a small team and they're experiencing growing pains or trying to hire new people while keeping everything running. What would you recommend to people who are starting out and struggling?
1: You start small. No? It's important to start small, no? but think big. No. Uh, it, the pitfall sometimes is that we wanted to start big immediately and so when you start big you need a lot of capital no but when you start small then you start with a little capital no and then later on grow on that capital sustain whatever you gain then do some control measures here and there if you earn then you need to likewise put aside you you must have contingency measures no For both your losses and your revenues, so that in the future you'll be able to sustain operations regardless of conditions that may happen.
0: Mm, That's really that sounds really good. So, how do you maybe explain some examples from the company that you're at now? Is this in terms of hiring people or evaluating the performance? Or
1: yeah, in terms of hiring people. It has always to be not just the competency of the people that you're hiring, not just on the basis of the uh, uh, the job description, as well as the job requirements, no? It's important that there has to be, number one, a job fit, no? Mm -hmm. Number two, culture fit. Each organization has its own culture. Uh we need to discover that culture and get to know if this person fits into that culture. And okay. lastly, is this person boss fit? Each boss is different from the other. And so sometimes the problems lie on the problems lie on the difficulties experienced by the staff and the boss. And so that bugs down things no? and even operations
0: yeah I, yeah that's true i think anybody that's gonna i love that you brought those up because like you mentioned it, even a hospital if they're hiring a surgeon just because someone is a surgeon doesn't mean they're going to be a good fit at that hospital
1: exactly because
0: everybody does things a little bit different i i heard it, and it's a little bit different than what you said but i always heard that they need to be likable teachable and reliable because mm-hmm. you got to be likable because you know the culture like you said it's got to fit in to be teachable because, again, things are a little bit different here. I guess that would be the boss fit almost. Like, they have That's to match right. the boss's method of communication. Right. Otherwise, the boss might feel offended or the staff member might feel offended. That's true. You go two true. way street. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. And then reliable. So I like that, too. So uh, we're post the pandemic right now. How did that you talk about Regardless of what happens, having a contingency plan. Was COVID a smooth thing for you guys? I it's a, it's a weird. I'm not even sure how to phrase that question, but what was it in, in regards? There were some strict measures around the world. People had a lot of concerns. You guys managed to get through unscathed.
1: It's it's for us business as usual, Daryl. During the pandemic years no starting 2020 no until 2022 no? Uh, these are the worst years no in terms of pan- in terms of the pandemic and its impact on operations no mm-hmm. it was business as usual because we still have maintained the same number of people no we mm-hmm. still had 12000 in the field, we still have twelve thousand who work for clients as well, regardless of the condition they're in. So that means that if there were clients who could not, who could not keep up with the demands of the market, because for one reason or the other, or because the market is no longer there, then we have to assume the responsibility to towards our staff. I Meaning we have to provide salaries, we have to provide everything that so that op, so that they can continue to live on, no? and operations among our clients now will likewise continue on. No? It was a challenge because, for example, collection was a big challenge during the time. No? That's the reason why we needed all the more to put in a lot of effort to to make the inventories as as uh, concrete, no, as uh, fluid, as liquid as possible, no? so that we have still the money no, to sustain our operations. And fortunately, no, we still gained during the pandemic no? in terms of revenues. No? Despite the fact that we have brought meaning we have to spend more no, to sustain employees who were no longer employed by, were no longer with clients. No? But at the end of the day, no, we were able to gain a very modest income that's uh, after the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really shows you taking care of people and having almost the people first strategy, which I think Definitely. is fantastic Definitely. because in today's day and age, it's really easy for people, with a lot of higher working remote and that there's just, it's not the same as it when everyone's in a small town or small office or something. And sometimes people have the idea that a big company doesn't care about people. So that's actually really great to hear. It's really great to hear. So now that the pandemic's behind us and you guys managed to grow during the pandemic, congratulations on that. Is that because of the processes that it sounds like, and I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you have systems and processes in places. So going into the pandemic and having clients that maybe couldn't continue or had to pause, you focused and maybe took your excess staff and instead put them into recruiting and onboarding new clients to keep everyone busy. Is that a fair statement? You used your labor, you allocated your own human resources where they needed to be. And if there was people that weren't busy, you would reallocate them to a different, to, to getting more clients to keep everyone busy. Is that fair? Is that accurate?
1: Fair enough. No? It was business as usual for us. No? Uh, just that uh, we need to communicate more. It's good that we have a digital space, right. so to speak, no? Uh, uh, Honestly, I've been very, I've been, uh, many people see me around no? during the pandemic. No, I have, I have to report, but then everything must be online. No, I have to make, I have to say to it that uh, I communicate every detail, par- pardon me for saying that, no, I communicate more often, very often. There's no such thing as over communication no? during this moment, no, uh, you need to continuously communicate expectations continue to communicate your concern towards employees and that's the reason why uh, we were we were on our own meaning a lot of people are working from home and yet we were we we were like there was a synergy during that time yeah all the more we felt that we are one as a company no and as a people
0: that's great i love that so how is there any tips so we Just to recap what we've covered so far, you talked about um, a lot of it was change management is a constant process that never stops. And that you also have to think in terms of long-term sustainability and systems and process is not just a one-time quick fix, but then you also need to have a way to measure the effectiveness. We talked about program evaluation and that for anyone that's getting started to start small, pick a small goal, a small project, a small piece of things and focus Think big, but start small. And as you get data and can evaluate it works, try to create a system and a process around that to continue. And that in your hiring, you need to make sure that there's not only just a job fit, but that there's a cultural fit and also a fit like a boss fit or a communication style fit. And that, uh, and then I want to ask because I feel like that's very impressive. If you have a large workforce of 12,000 people, and you know you've got a few hundred that all of a sudden are available because of a client, and you need to repurpose them for something else. How do you currently approach employee training and development?
1: We constantly provide training to our staff. No? It's the it's something that we always have to remind ourselves that we have to add value to our people. No? It's not just hiring them, okay, and gaining from you know what whatever they whatever they the services that they render for to clients but we have to add value to our people and that can only come in through training and development so we are conscious about efforts on a regular basis though, to provide training to them you know? mm. uh, short tra- tra- term training and long term training you know, in terms of education you know? if they want to take up masters degree they want to take up graduate degrees if j- they just want to, to just to have a refresher's course that we are, we provide them accordingly. And mm-hmm. this is not just for our corporate staff, but also for our employees station-wide.
0: Mm. So is there like company, is there a company curriculum as well as elective things that staff can choose or how do you? We do training needs
1: as analysis or assessment you know, on a yearly basis, you know, because we also have to take into account. Not just the, the needs of our employees, but also the needs of our clients. Uh, and after the training needs assessment, then we design a, a training program, a short training program, and a long-term training program. No, uh, again, that's very specific to our clients' needs. Also, no, if it's going to be a long-term training program, for one, no, for a client, giving for example, no, for a client, no, we start with uh simple things like customer or a service orientation no customer service training programs then it uh, uh, progresses into uh doing excel advanced excel uh training and then it goes further into technical writing okay and then it goes further to you know what we have right now are some some data and information uh, some training on data privacy, gender, gender empowerment, diversity in the workplace, among others. And then, for those who would like to, to go through graduate studies, then we we have a certain program for them. No? Every now and then, this program is reviewed on a regular basis, depending again on where the employee would find himself fit the or or other concerns that he may have
0: Yeah. yeah okay okay that's a great answer now i don't know if this is a repeat but i feel like it's a little bit different but what specific skills or behaviors do you believe are most important for your staff to improve or develop
1: okay we would we are venturing into a into the digital world That's one important skill that our staff need to develop. Not just the technology in terms of digitalization, but also the fresh appreciation of what will happen in the next number of years. For us to be competitive, we have to think ahead. We have to look at the bigger picture, what is going to happen to the industry. And it has to be digital, number one. Number 2 we may need to look into our global presence no? next no so it, it's we we are providing training towards this direction no the digital space number 2 doing business in the global in the global sphere no mm. um, and how to be competitive and but what more than that no the analytical skills that we need to adapt we are an ISO certified organization, Daryl, no? And that means that everyone has to, very basic to, to each one must be the ability to do a root cause analysis. I don't want you to come to me no, with problems. I want you to come to me with solutions, no? In other words, so we provide them with that skills, no? That would enable them to do a more rational decision making we go through a decision making process no through so the use of management tools in particular.
0: I love that. So just to make sure I understood properly, you want to make sure that all your staff are capable of providing risk cost analysis. Was that it? I or yeah. Among risk others, cost.
1: yes. Yes. Yeah. It's among others. No among other tools
0: that they that right. we need to learn. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So, how do you measure the effectiveness of the training programs that you implement? People listening to this again, they may be.
1: Whenever we design a program, whenever we design a a training program, you no, know, I always make make it clear that we need to be very specific. You no, know? we need to adapt the SMART objectives. You no, know? it has to be short, meaning it has to, it has to be specific, uh, measurable, measurable. You know, yeah. Yeah, attainable realistic uh, and time realistic sensitive. and then of course time bound no yeah we also have to you know, i always have to, to specify to them that i just at the end of its training this is this should be measured no this should be the outcome no we cannot be too generic about our objectives No, and therefore you no know, this has to be translated into an uh, into a a way for us to evaluate you know, whether that activity was successful enough. You know? mm. uh, we cannot evaluate how successful it is not on the basis of you know, if there was a good feeling, you know, if they enjoyed the talk of the speaker you know, or enjoyed the activity. You know? But what is more important is that we need to measure what uh, the improvements that happened thereafter on the basis of the terminal objectives that we had in mind.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about the clients that you guys see that are coming in. Obviously people show up and some of them show up because they have fires happening in their business and they expect you to solve them all. (laughs) So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see your clients and other entrepreneurs making when they come to you? Okay. uh one of the
1: biggest mistakes no, that I normally no, would observe no, among our clients is that how they regard their people. Mm-hmm. If they poorly regard their people, you know, if they become only secondary no, to their business concerns, then that becomes uh, a recipe for a problem no, mm-hmm. to happen, no? a big problem to happen. No? It's It has to be always people centered no pardon me for saying so no because i i this has been my observation as well you don't take care of your people soon enough no your business will not be taken care of by the people mm. who hired this it can be for a while you know that people respond but thereafter they, they will just have to leave you hanging no yeah. because they you don't care anyway yeah yeah anyway, yeah
0: I love this quote. Elon Musk mentioned that all a company is a group of people solving the pain of another group of people. And they solve that pain via a product or service.
1: That's true. I think you're
0: talking, yeah. So it's just people helping people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So are you you guys really believing in people like climbing up the ranks and skill development from within? Is that something that you guys really encourage?
1: Yeah. We have of a career development path for our people. And you know what we recently set up, uh, Daryl, is a wellness center. Right? And a wellness center includes, among other things, a, uh, a career counseling team. And this team provides not just an analysis of where the person is and where the person may want, to achieve in the next number of years it's not just good for the individual for our employees but also good for the company no? so yeah. that we can make the succession plan work on the basis of what can be done now
0: i love that yeah that's fantastic that's really good i think that's a huge plus now the wellness center i'm just this is personal curiosity does it have a fitness facility or anything like that is that kind of yeah because I, I was that a yes or are you just, yes, are
1: you- uh, yes, Darren. No, we the, the wellness center no, has a, a different as different components. No, it has a physical component. No, in terms of uh, providing providing physical activities, a mini gym, and. Uh, as well as yoga and Zumba classes to our employees. <laughs>
0: Zumba is so for people that aren't in the Philippines. Zumba is so big here; it is so big. You'll go that's to the mall cool. and see a hundred people doing it in front of exactly. one on a stage. Yeah, nicely, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no. But it's
1: also a good stress buster, no? Yeah. stress stress buster for our employees. Yeah, and, then, uh, uh, and that's one component. Now, the other component is the physiological no there's a clinic as well that provides palliative as well as preventive measures you know, and programs training among mm-hmm. others
0: we have a therapy
1: center yeah
0: yeah i've always been a big believer in that when i was where i grew up in canada we used to have the largest military base in the country now it's the second largest but i was really surprised to learn I started going to the gym. They called it the field house. The base had a gym. They called it the field house. And I was really surprised when I was there one day, just with my friends. We were like teenage boys. But one of the people there working out told me that they worked for the military, but they were just a civilian. They weren't in the military. But even if you were a civilian, the military would let you earn an extra hour of pay every day if you logged into the field house. So they had the membership card. And if they tracked, you would get paid to exercise at the field house because they had all the stats on like mental, emotional resilience, stress right, relief, right. you're more disciplined, more productive, all that stuff. There, I just, yeah, that's excellent. Oh, that's
1: so cool. what, are, yeah.
0: what are some of the other mistakes you see your clients and other, and when they come to you? You talked about treating their poor regard for their people. Are there any other mistakes that they make when they come? Do they not have? Docu- like process, documentation, they don't... What other mistakes would you recommend? Well,
1: I, I What's your One thing that I also observe is that it's the kind of perspective that they have. More often than not, you know, the mistakes boil on the short-term perspective. Mm-hmm. That we're doing this because we need to address this. You know? And then if it gets addressed, then back to business. No, But that's not it, no? We feel that there has to be a long term plan a strategic plan you know mm-hmm. to be that, that management has to agree uh, once and for all you no know? it has it cannot just be you patch this and patch that no you it has to be long term you no know, on the basis of a long term so they have to sit down we cannot provide you a short term solution that's always what I tell them you no know? what we can provide you is a a, uh, a solution that perhaps uh, will outlast you. you know? uh, it's something that's
0: sustainable you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love that. I love that. I love that. So what are now talking about yourself and obviously working with these different companies and having to manage so many people and deal with different people and different cultures, you know, what is some of the best advice that you got in handling cross-cultural relationships and in managing people? listen to your people
1: listen to your people they themselves have uh, have worked closely with your clients they know the real uh, situation in the field listen to them we i'm an i'm I, i was part of the academy i've been a manager and an administrator for the longest time no the tendency for me is that I know everything, you know, and that's not a, that's wrong for me. Right. Uh, I feel that I must continue to learn from whom? From my own people. They know what's happening. And more often than not, that's the reason why we are building the capacity to decide and we are providing all the tools available through training. Then they themselves must be able to identify the problem. They themselves must be able to provide solutions you know, to the problem. You know? The more that they provide the solutions, you know, the more that they own, they will own the strategies, you know, that we can be used. You know? I normally just facilitate the process. You know? what do you think? You no, know? normally I ask them, what do you think? You know? what do you think is the best solution? Okay, then they give me the solution. it's not because I don't know the answer. Just that they know better you know, the, yeah. the situation. Yeah,
0: I love that. So you really try to have them develop their own ownership mentality. Precisely. I love that. I love that. Yeah, okay. I've got pages of notes. I hope people listening are taking notes too. There's lots of good here. So again, I love this. You're basically asking what if they're right? You try to avoid, we call this black belt eyes. So a friend of mine had a, he opened up a martial arts school in Miami, Florida. And he was a career, like from a kid, he was doing kickboxing and stuff. And so he, since he was so good, he always wanted to have an instructor who was better than him. So we always thought it was very impressive if someone could kick him in the head because he's oh, good, right? Okay. So when he opened up his school and he had a new student join, he always wanted to impress them. So he had a mental note. Every time a new student came to class, make sure he kicks them in the head. <laughs> but they couldn't figure out why people weren't coming back. <laughs> I wonder, we call, yeah, Yeah, we call that black belt eyes. You're just, okay, you're okay, so okay. like, I know everything. You're so yeah, familiar. Interesting. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Interesting.
0: You forgot what it was like to be new again. To be right Precisely. in situation. Precisely. And, Precisely. Yeah, yeah. And I love you talk about how you empower them, even though how you may have the answer, you try to facilitate it because it's not necessarily what you know; it's what they know. Because if you are the linchpin, if they're if you're the solution to all their problems, they're going to come to you with all their problems. So you really focus on skill development. Right. Sounds and developing an ownership mentality in your staff. Precisely. Yeah, I love that. Are there any other habits that you feel have really helped you on your path to success?
1: It pays a lot to, to be a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. Okay, That means that you need to speak, you need to walk your talk, rather. You need to walk your talk, no? Uh, and it's something that I have to guard myself you no know, with, no? Because you have the tendency, because you have the power, you have the authority, you are on top, so you can just do anything under the sun. But that's not it, no. Because you have to be consistent with what you say. You have to be consistent with what you believe in. You have to be consistent with the values that the company holds dear, no. And you have to be a model of that, no, so to speak, no. You cannot tell them to do this, no, if you yourself don't do it you don't tell them to let's be all honest in our work if you if they feel that you are dishonest you know, with just the small things uh, it, it it pays a lot you no. Know? so much so that at the end of the day okay you can just look straight to the eye of anyone you know and you can tell them no, this isn't right you no know? mm-hmm. and because you feel and honestly feel and because that this isn't right uh, and people will will all the more appreciate you for that, no. Mm. Uh, rather than you can, you require them to do something that you yourself don't do. Uh, you no, no,
0: yeah. I like that, and I, I think it, even when you deal with integrity and honesty, even if you make mistakes, it, it allows them to forgive you better versus if yeah, are yeah. just pushing things, yeah. bossing people around. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be very to to be vulnerable as well.
1: I won't tell them i never tell my people that i i am infallible i'm perfect i'm I, no you can check you can correct me if i'm wrong no please give me the feedback no provide me the feedback no i won't take mm. it against you personally i would even appreciate if you tell me the truth no if you tell me that what i'm doing is wrong or the things that i do is wrong no yeah. uh, and i would be very appreciative as a matter of fact
0: yeah I think as you get higher up in the ladder, it gets almost harder to get honest feedback because people are afraid and you get surrounded by a bunch of yes people. Yeah. So you start, yeah, you start getting disconnected from reality because everyone's telling you what you want to hear versus the truth. So that yeah. honest feedback is really powerful. So now the Philippines is a major leader. I think they're well, the number one in the world in. Uh, no, number two, I think in outsourcing, but number one, it was like number one in, I don't know if it was cultural compatibility, like India is a big outsourcing center, but the culture isn't necessarily compatible with everyone. But anybody that I know that's worked with Filipinos, just they just get along great. So um, what do you feel is the future for that? And especially now that we have AI tools and things like this coming out, how do you think that's going to, how do you think the BPO industry is going to grow and evolve over the next five, ten years. It's really important
1: to retool ourselves. No? We need not just stick to the conventional tools that we are, that we have been accustomed to. No? We, I always think of being global, no? think of the wider perspective. No? look at it from the macro perspective always from the macro perspective if you do business and so that means that you may want to look into retooling yourselves retooling ourselves moving towards that direction to make us more compatible with the global Mm -hmm. requirements and what does that mean the digital interface one because we may have ai but still it's garbage in, garbage out. No, it's yes. still human people like us running these AIs, no, but even designing these AIs. No? It's important that we also have to condition ourselves, prepare ourselves, retool ourselves towards that direction.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. I've been using the analogy of a calculator, that it's just like a calculator where, you know, before an accounting, you would have to crunch the numbers yourself. And there might be some people that they you know, they maybe bill extra hours and take longer than they should to add and subtract. But then when calculators came out, the productive people became way more productive, but it didn't replace the need for an accountant, yeah. right? It just let, allowed the bottom performers, it gave them no excuse for why it took it so long, it, I think, is nice. a big way. Yeah, yeah. For, Perfect analogy. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. What do you think holds a lot of People back in terms of operating a business because a lot of companies they struggle to scale and grow. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like holds some of your clients back from getting to their next level? Or maybe even
1: yourself? It's uncertainty. No. Uncertainty, no political uncertainty in particular.
0: Mm. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Political uncertainty. Oh, I lost your audio. Hold on
1: one second. ...direction, but then, again, because of changes in leadership, then strategies uh, change as well. Right? Mm. And, of course, you would not know then. You would not predict now what's going to happen next because of that. Mm. Uh, that's the reason why we always go beyond leadership we always go beyond the political uncertainties no? what is going to happen in the global scale no? because we are no longer a an island no? we have become a community of nations mm-hmm. and uh, we look at trends no? globally no? Not, uh, but regionally as well no? not just trends from within because that can be a an opportunity for growth for us.
0: I love that. I love that. It's actually really well said. So moving forward, obviously, it sounds like you said you got to be aware of the political uncertainty, but keeping your eye, focus on the problem that you're solving for your clients, making sure that you're thinking thinking globally. Is it act lo- locally, think globally, or because of the nature of, of your business, you also need to act globally at the same time? Is that Yes,
1: we have to act globally. No, sooner or later, no, we need to expand our wings. No, uh, we need to we need to grow. No, towards that direction, Daryl. No, because we just cannot focus on just the local market. No, mm-hmm. otherwise we are limiting our growth
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and potentials as well. So that means that you know, increasing our capital. No. Investment, you know, increasing our network—not you know, just locally, but also regionally as well as globally as well. So that would be the next step that we may think of in the next number of years.
0: And so, for the people that are watching, do you have any books or resources that you would recommend for them? If again they're trying to, again, for you, you might have your own black belt eyes because you deal—you are in the—you've got twelve thousand employees. But for a small and medium-sized business. Just trying to figure it out, or even come to a company like yours and be better prepared. Is there any sort of resources or books or anything that you would recommend that the listeners maybe check out to help? You know, there, there are a
1: lot of books, no, that I I, I would recommend, no, particularly on books on strategic management. Uh, it's it's easy to understand, no? It's readable normally strategic management books no? and then they can be very you know, concretely uh, practical uh, they can be very practical you not know, to to use the so simple concepts simple concepts like strengths you know? what are my strengths you know? then you know, the strength such as so what do i need to do with my strength okay what are my weaknesses as basic as that you no know? so what did what do i need to do you know, when it comes to. My weaknesses. Oh, there are opportunities out there. No? What do I have to uh, to look beyond this horizon? No? Uh, and considering my strengths and weaknesses, will I be able to capture that opportunity? Yeah. So these are basic things that we can learn from the books no, that we can that, that that are available. And then the other one is managing quality. It's important for us to manage quality. We may be able to start up, no, but then. How we are able to sustain the business would be, the, would, be would require a lot of quality principles no? mm. uh, And what would this be? Uh, we have a list no, of, of what makes a company uh, a company that uh, espouses quality you know, in yep. terms of its products and services. There are books definitely that would help us out, and then lastly, people no related books no there are books that I have I read a lot and I buy a lot of books I think among my interests in the past is collecting management books, and I have my own library and if you if looking at the library that I have no I seem to understand, I seem to realize that it's basically on strategic management, number one, number two, on people management, okay? mm. because we cannot look beyond if we don't consider what we have, if we don't consider the feelings, the aspirations of our own people. No? because mm. We need to look beyond no, not just what we envision no? individually, but as a people. As a group of employees, you no, know, and mm. visual as a, as a team. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's excellent. You've given so much great info, and just really been so helpful on this. I've got two, three pages of notes. I don't. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that I should have asked you about?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, uh, maybe, maybe we could I should ask about maintaining a team's morale and productivity. That's something I don't know if we talked about at all.
1: Okay. Yeah. The team's morale normally is on the basis of compensation, number one. Okay. Motivation. Okay. For example, our company compensates on the basis of performance. Mm. On the basis of performance. And when they are... Well motivated, they perform well, and sometimes uh, motivation is also a a function of number one, you know, how management regard them, mm. you know, uh, how we regard them. Are they partners you know, of management, or are they just uh, vehicles towards uh, certain objectives? You know? right. But we make it clear to them you know, that this is your company. Okay. Mm. This is the company that takes will take care of you. And this mm. is the company that you should also take care of. You know? And so you have to show likewise that the company cares for you, you no? Know? Cares mm. for them. You know? uh, there are very clear programs, you no know? simple things like maintenance HMO that, that that they can rely on. Okay. And Benefits, for example that we'll see them through even uh, even at times that uh, are, there's no one to rely on but uh, the company but we don't want also for them to over rely on the company that's the reason why we provide the training okay that so that sooner or later if you don't want to work anymore with us then you still have
0: a wing not to use yeah, yeah. The last thing you want is someone that's not performing, not productive, not motivated, hanging out and just billing you for a set. It's almost becomes a parasitic relationship instead of a symbiotic relationship where you're both working to help the clients with their problems and that. So it's almost like you're helping make sure that people still want to stay with you. You're investing in their skills. So if they need or want to leave, they'll leave because it's not good for you and your team if they don't want to be there, but also so they can, they have that option. And then of course, they've built their skills to be within your company. And it's almost like a, a a reciprocity, right? Like you're helping and developing them and they feel a sense of gratitude. I'm sure through the pandemic, the fact that you were helping and paying people's salaries, they were probably so grateful to have that. So I definitely see that. Yeah, this is fantastic. This is such a good call. Raul, I'm out of questions to ask. Like I said, unless there's anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you, I feel like we've covered such a range of topics day is there anything that i didn't ask no
1: no uh, th- there's another thing that i would like to uh, add no uh, sure. question people go through a, a lot no? especially during the pandemic we realize that one of the major problems is not just the health issue no? during the pandemic it's a mental health
0: issue mm.
1: uh, so there were instances that we had people no, who went through terrible depression during the time and so what do we have to do? We cannot let them go, no? especially no, during that time. Okay. We have to take care of them. We have to be more understanding. We have to provide an, a, a listening ear to them. We provided counselors to them. We provided a referral, a referral system to psychologists, mm-hmm. psychiatrists, and provide financial assistance as they uh, ventured into this very difficult time. Uh, and it helped a lot. Uh, getting to understand where they're coming from. You know, rather than being judgmental, you know, this person no longer performs, this person uh, uh, no longer cares about anything except he- himself or herself. You know? No, no, uh, but th- there could be a reason why. There definitely, we found out that there were deep reasons, you know, emotional reasons, you know? mm. and uh, psychological reasons as well, mental health issues that bugged them down. But mm. with the constant support, and encouragement from management, they were able to fly after a while, mm-hmm. and now they've become productive, no? as we see mm-hmm. them around. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that, because he really puts the resource in the human resource, like people are a resource, and there's some people that feel the world's too populated, but there's other people like we, we have created the world that we have, like we are limitless in the sense that we've kept inventing and inventing things. Nobody, if I had gone back even 20 years and said that we were going to be chatting from different parts of the country over an internet connection, people thought that would have been, I'm going to open up a metal book and I'm going to see you in real time and we're going to be able to have mm-hmm. a conversation and even record it. So people, 20 years ago, this was magic. You know what I mean? People really are an amazing resource in the sense that we are creators and our only limit is, I love that you brought up the mental health and just even the mindset that ownership that we take, whether we have a passive role or whether we're actively engaged. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future. Raul, if people want to talk to you, if they have questions about you or about your company, they want to get some help with something, what are some of the best ways for them to contact you?
1: Well, uh, I have a number. No, They may just contact me anytime. I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on uh uh you, on linkedin okay. yeah yep. yep. they're free to and i'm also on uh to, i have a viber account uh, among others no? they, they can just freely uh, contact me it is one thing that i always wanted if you age like me in terms of in terms of age you always want to impart something you always want to share something no? to to younger people to younger professionals no Because you went through the process as well. You went through their stages, no? And you now have more or less an appreciation of what everyone may have gone through
0: these past years. Mm, mm, mm. So those that are listening, if you want to reach out, Raul, R-A-U-L, Manaligod, M-A-N-A-L-I-G-O-D, you can find him on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Again, the company is DBP Service Corporation. If I'm sure if you put those two things, his name and the company into Google, you'll probably find him on some social media reach out. He's obviously a great guy, wealth of knowledge, um, obviously very well-educated. Earl, thank you so much for your time today, for coming and sharing with everyone. I know you've got all your own staff, all your own employees and your clients. So thank you for coming and sharing with my audience so they could do better with the people that they serve.
1: A pleasure, a pleasure, Darren. A pleasure. Thank you.